You're watching Formosa News. I'm Ken Lee. Welcome to the program. Two new imported cases of COVID-19 were announced by the Central Epidemic Command Center on Sunday. Concerns about community spread of the virus are still increasing after it was found that a man who eventually tested positive for COVID was part of the Taoyuan General Hospital cluster, but at the time he didn't know it. He was feeling unwell and visited another hospital in Taoyuan. There, he infected a man in a waiting room after sitting near him for less than 15 minutes. An expert says Taiwan is at great risk of community transmission, but it's not gotten to the point where it is out of control. The entrance to the hospital was deserted, and on Sunday, few people were coming in and out of the building. It's emerged that at this unnamed hospital in Taoyuan's Pingzhen district, a man, case number 908, accompanied by his mother, sought medical attention. He happened to be in the same waiting room as case number 889, a man infected with COVID-19 from the Taoyuan General Hospital cluster. They were only in the same place for 10 minutes or so and both had masks on, yet he still managed to get infected by the virus. The source of the infection is very clear. When case number 889 was in the area, the two people were sitting relatively close. The two of them couldn't have been in contact for more than 15 minutes. CECC Chief Chen Shijong said the two were sitting in two different rows of seats that were close to each other. Experts point to two possibilities as to how the man contracted the virus. Sometimes in just a few seconds or minutes of contact, if you just inhale droplets exhaled by the patient, of course you can get infected. If someone infected with the virus touches a certain place like a doorknob, desk or chair, then you touch it, then you could be exposed to the virus. On the same day after the diagnosis was made, a large-scale disinfection was carried out in the evening. If we discover anything in the area where we detected this, I will tell you about it. Experts believe Taiwan is at great risk for community transmission of the virus, but has not got to the point where it's out of control. Over time, we see that some patients have tested positive, but before they became ill, they were unaware of their condition. Some went into the community or to other hospitals. Currently, there is a great risk of community transmission in Taiwan, but we don't consider it a community transmission that is out of control. Aware of the health risks, the CECC has expanded the list of people who came in contact with the first man from the Taoyuan General Hospital cluster by adding on 130 people. All of the friends and four family members of the second man, including his mother who accompanied him on the visit, have all tested negative for the virus. New virus pre precautions will be in place for the Lunar New Year holiday. Those who intend to take the high-speed rail will have to have a ticket with assigned seating to board the bullet train. And Taiwan Railways Administration will cap the number of standing tickets on each of its trains. However, no restrictions have been placed on the use of electronic cards like the Easy Card. Some are wondering if this will lead to a loophole in Taiwan's COVID defenses. Transportation Minister Lin Jialong addressed the concern on Sunday. It shouldn't lead to a loophole. The new rules were reviewed and passed by the Central Epidemic Command Centre. 
We set up these rules because there are many classes of trains and people will be in a state of flux. Lin went on to say personnel will be deployed to remind travelers to maintain social distancing as well as step up disinfection and cleaning efforts in train carriages. If you receive a text message from Cathay United Bank, beware. Police say they have gotten numerous reports of phishing scams in the form of a simple text message saying that your bank account is abnormal. The text says that you must log in or that your account will be locked. This is in fact scammers trying to trick you into giving them your personal information. Once you log in and enter your info, your identity is stolen and will likely be used to create a dummy account. Experts say don't take any text messages from anyone you don't know at face value. Verify the message by going to an official website or contacting customer service. New Taipei's Sansha District is home to a youth boxing team that's produced hundreds of accomplished boxers, including some who went on to make the national team. But when the team was first founded eight years ago, its only purpose was to steer teenagers away from crime. Today in our Sunday special report, we meet the man behind the team, a former national team boxer himself who knew the sport could lead to a better life for troubled teens in his community. Shouting orders as he leads this group of young people is boxing coach Chen Zheyu. He is an instructor for youth throughout New Taipei City's Sanxia and Inga districts, where he teaches them to box. These youngsters all enjoy causing trouble for others or getting in fights with people. By training them to box, you can show them that boxing is actually a valuable sport and teach them to respect their own fists. Then they won't raise their fists in front of others around them. Through teaching boxing, Chen brings out these youths innate talent in sports, which he hopes will provide them with emotional support. Aside from being a boxing coach, he is also a social worker focused on youth problems. Some of the youth he works with are from the indigenous people's village, Saying. <laughs> Saning Village is located along New Taipei City's Dahan River. The majority of the village's residents are Amis who moved here from eastern Taiwan, settling near the Saning Bridge. They used wood panels, metal sheeting, and discarded building materials to build simple homes and sustain themselves through farming and odd labor jobs. In 1994, the village fell under new flood prevention laws. The villagers' homes were deemed illegal structures, and they were required to be torn down by law. 
After the village was leveled, the government built a public housing complex in Sansha with units rented out to the villagers. Although the new building offered good facilities, villagers were soon struggling with the expenses of rent and city living. Some of the parents became so busy handling those expenses that their children fell off to the wayside. Youth issues are actually quite serious here. When we first went into the community that first day, I saw a security booth that they had destroyed. In a community filled with dropouts, violence and other youth problems, social workers are burdened with a heavy responsibility. Ninth grader Lin Chaoxun is the youngest child in a family of five. Her mother runs a beetle nut stand and her father works at a panel molding factory. The two parents work hard to make the money needed to raise their brood. Speaking about her family, the mother says she is grateful to have the help of a social worker so her children don't pick up bad behaviors. It's hard work managing them and hard work teaching them because if they are involved in anything, I have to rush to the school at once. My oldest son won't tell me what's on his mind, so I have to rely on Zhe Yu and others to help me speak to my son. <laughs> Lin followed in her brother's footsteps and joined the boxing team. The team members are as close as family, and nearly all their free time outside of class is spent together. Chen's service to the community starts in the day and continues into the night. After Chen teaches the group boxing, he visits the community's families at their homes. This family has seven children, one of whom is a rising star at the boxing gym. In the past, he would have temper tantrums, but now he does his best to stay level-headed. He also doesn't raise his fist randomly. It might be that coach lays down the law over there. Chen is from the Atayao indigenous tribe. In 2012, he retired from the boxing national team. After he finished his mandatory military service, he worked as a manager at a public housing complex. At this job, he often saw young people skipping class or fighting, which made him recall his own past behavior. Many people say inappropriate things about indigenous people like, you guys all drink too much, or you guys like to gather on the side of the road. They say these things that make us feel uncomfortable. Actually, what I see in these kids is the shadow of our past, the unequal treatment. After his contract at the management job was up, Chen joined a social work organization. He started teaching a boxing class and began participating in the lives of the community's youth. However, not long after he started the class, the organization he worked at went through restructuring and Chen was dismissed with severance pay. He then found himself living off of unemployment insurance. When there is no money, you come up with ways to cope eat a little less, don't buy beverages, I thought maybe I could come up with a way to continue running the boxing classes. While he was out of work, Chen and some of his laid-off former colleagues set up an association to help local youth. They did odd jobs to get by and keep the association going. 
Eventually, their story was posted online. It prompted a generous outpouring of contributions. Equipment needed for boxing, like the punching bags, protective gear, gloves, and even the ring, were donated. But even with the donations, the association had trouble meeting the cost for staying in operation. Yet Chen pressed forward, determined not to quit. Sometimes we'll get a young person who suddenly figures it all out and decides to join us. Or maybe they're able to renew their ambition for what they want to do. Maybe they have some positive, encouraging words for us. That sort of thing immediately raises our spirits. I feel that only that sort of thing gives real meaning to existence. Fortunately, Chen is not alone in his crusade for the community. His ideals resonated with teachers at a nearby public school who organized a school boxing team. Inside and outside of school, teens in the area are able to train their skills. There are some on the team who, back in elementary school, would pick fights or would yell at the teacher. To this day, I still feel that the real binding force of the team is its upward momentum. Of course, there will always be small problems, but at the very least, the teachers at school and even their parents can see that they're always growing and developing. Joining the team and competing for the school gives students a clear goal to strive toward. It also makes going to school a more attractive proposition, thus decreasing the rate of dropouts. And when students place in sports competitions, it benefits their studies in the long term, and they can earn scholarships to help out their families. For one thing, we can look after disadvantaged students. We can also address bad behavior. Some teens who stray onto the wrong path can be brought back to the right course. So I think this is a very good activity. It's really not easy to be an athlete who persists in their field. They spend so very, very much time on this sport. They're working hard at something they love. Boxing is about perseverance and personal breakthroughs. Those are also the very things that drive Chen and the other association members. Chasing one breakthrough after another, they've created a stage on which young people who have lost their way can stand tall and discover a new self-confidence. Well, those looking for family fun over the Lunar New Year holiday may have a harder time this year. Due to the recent COVID outbreak in Taoyuan, there's been a flurry of event cancellations and restrictions on gathering that could derail the best laid plans. But the pandemic doesn't have to dampen the holiday. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang explores ways to have safe outdoor fun in Taipei, all the while taking public transit. The Yamingsan Flower Festival has been cancelled this year due to COVID, but even a pandemic can't stop flowers from blooming. Each year from February to March, Sakura, Camellia and wild peonies populate the mountain. Even without a festival on, you can still head up to enjoy the view. In addition to taking the flower season special buses, the public can use the MRT to reach Yangmingshan. For example, take it to Taipei Main Station, then take bus 260 or 1717. This year, we're offering a one-day pass for bus 124 and bus 108. You pay 60 NT for the one-day pass to unlimited rides on the 108 and 124 flower season buses. 
Due to the pandemic, preventive measures will be taken on buses to curb the spread of the coronavirus. Due to the pandemic, people worry about whether the buses are clean. The city government very much cares about its frontline drivers. When drivers are on the road, they must wear a mask. In addition, we ask bus operators to sanitize high-touch areas like ticket machines, straps and handrails once every eight hours and at least twice a day. Over Spring Festival, you can also take a cruise from Da Dao Senpir to Dansui District. The Blue Waterway Tours will be running from February 13th to 16th. They're led by professional guides who will first provide a tour of the historic Dihua Street. Daodaochen ferries will run from the second day of Spring Festival to the fifth. There are cruises in the morning, afternoon and evening. In addition, there are waterway guided tours at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m which will include a tour of historic sites of Dihua Street an hour before setting sail. These tours will be led by a guide. Then the group will be on the river for 90 minutes before arriving at Danshui Old Street for a feast. As a virus precaution, all ferry passengers will need to wear a mask throughout the journey. They'll also have to pass a temperature screening before boarding. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Chen Bohan in Taipei. Well, we had clear skies island-wide on Sunday, with temperatures in western Taiwan reaching as high as 26 degrees. The lack of cloud coverage also led to big temperature swings between day and night. The temperature fluctuations are expected to continue into Monday by as much as 15 degrees. On Tuesday, we'll get one day of rainy and cold weather before the fair weather returns again on Wednesday. During the day on Sunday, the sun shone in Taipei, and many people took advantage of the good weather to enjoy outdoor activities. But the Central Weather Bureau reminds the public to pay attention to large temperature swings between day and night. In the early morning, low temperatures north of Tainan were generally only 10 to 13 degrees. In open areas and lowlands near the mountains, the temperatures fell as low as 8 or 9 degrees. Generally speaking, the temperature swings on the island's western half have been extremely large. They could get as great as 10 or to 15 degrees. However, the mild weather is only expected to last until Tuesday, when northeasterly winds will once again strengthen. Cold weather will be felt, especially in Taiwan's northern and northeastern regions. Tuesday will likely be the next time we will see a change in the weather. On Tuesday, the northeasterly winds will strengthen, so by that time, temperatures in the north and northeastern regions will start to fall. Daytime temperatures are expected to stand at just 18 to 20 degrees. Not only will Tuesday be chillier, it is also expected to be wet. But the CWB says the cold weather will be short-lived. On Wednesday, the skies will be clear again. The impact of the next wave of northeasterly winds will be very brief, probably just for one day on Tuesday. By Wednesday and afterwards, the northeasterly winds will begin to relent and temperatures will gradually rise. In terms of precipitation, moisture in the air will also lessen. So from Wednesday onwards, it will be a repeat of the clear to partly cloudy weather we've been having. In the past two days, most places in Taiwan remain dry, with cloud coverage only along the eastern seaboard. Many took advantage of the good weather to go outdoors. However, given the large temperature swings, those planning to be outdoors early in the morning or late in the evening are recommended to dress in layers.